Welcome everybody to episode 133 of the Two on Three podcast, where two of your friends take on three topics in 30 minutes. You should follow us at Two on Three Pod on Twitter, and you can send us an email at Hello. at Two on Three Pod.com. You know how much we love to hear from you. I'm Chris, and my quarantine mullet is making gains at CD Villasenor on Twitter. And with me is Ty. Where can we find you growing your Miles Teller hairdo? Miles Teller? <laughs> I think I'm shooting for uh, Uncle Jesse from Full House at S-E-A-T-J-K. <laughs> Please. <laughs> You're never going to get a mullet that good. I don't know, buddy. I had a, a, a moment of uh, realization today where so the, sh- the part of my hair that was the shortest when this all started has gotten to a point where it's like curling back on itself. And now I realize that, okay, so I know how long I need that to be before I can start to really embrace what I've got going on here. The flow has become strong. Yes. I, that's, that's, that's my favorite part about this whole thing. I was explaining this to somebody the other day. It's like the best part about COVID for me is trying to grow a mullet. It's just been, it's been thrilling. Yeah, I think there was some time in the last four to six weeks where my attitude definitely shifted from hey, my hair looks kind of funny when it's long like this and I can't get it cut to, I'm growing this out. Oh, yeah. Let's just see where this takes us. And, and I'm, I'm a little, I'm getting a little bald, so, but I'm just going to ride it out. I'm just like, <laughs> fuck it, forget it. I don't, I don't care. I got I, it wet out of the shower and did like just the, I'm going to shake my head and kind of see where the hair all sits on its own. And it looked bad. I was like, oh, God, I'm going to put a bur- brush through this. <laughs> so. And I'm also, I'm also getting, I, I think I understand the beard thing now because I had a quarantine beard, and it's not a great beard. Let's be clear, but I've had this beard since what, March now, and it's August. So, but I think I understand where where dudes grow beards and then just don't want to shave them. They get used to looking at a beard. You get, you get used to looking at yourself with this beard on your face. Well, and just shaving sucks. It really <laughs> sucks. Sure, it's not fun, but it's also like I kind of don't want to shave the beard off because. I don't know what my face looks like now without the beard. <laughs> Every time I do, I'm very disappointed what I find. <laughs> <laughs> you don't want to uncover it. I no. don't want to just yank the sheets off this thing and see what's under there. I just, just know, you know, I don't know. No, at it, this point, I'm going to have this beard until I lose 20 pounds. Like, that's just how it is. Like, I'm not going to have the unveiling and be like, oh, not again. <laughs> <laughs> you you know, so you already know. Mm-hmm. I'm, I think, you know, I've, I've managed to not gain weight during the during the, the pandemic here, so I'm sure it just looks the same as it always looked, but I don't know. I'm just You just get used to having it on your face. So I, 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 I'm beginning to understand. This is the first time I've had a beard for more than like a two-week vacation, right? Okay. So, I mean, we're, we're coming in on a few months, a handful of months now, so it's, it's, it's kind of a thing. Well, the key to growing a beard is to let it grow without trimming it for basically three months to see what, you, what you're working with. Yeah. And, it, yeah. and I'm working with nothing. So it's terrible. <laughs> but well, uh, positively, you didn't you haven't gained weight. I was thinking the other day is like, you know how people and, and myself included, like have a box of sort of aspirational clothes, like stuff that doesn't fit anymore, but that I didn't really wasn't worn out enough for me to get rid of. So I'm going to like stack it in this box and keep it in the back shelf of the closet and yeah. hope that one day I can unpack it and find some gems. Right. I don't know if this is an uncommon practice. I think people hang on to stuff for a while if they really liked it. But, yeah. Uh, so I have had a pair of shorts for years that have always been a little too big, and I'm proud to report that they fit now. I, I can wear them. <laughs> <laughs> for the first time, I can wear them without a belt. Mm, yes, that's uh, that's wonderful. Yeah. <laughs> that's wonderful news. I'm achieving goals, you know? Goals, really, gains. We call those gains. That's right, with a Z. <laughs> 
Oh my gosh. And before we start the show, I was, I, I was out last week, and thanks to uh, Josh and Gordy for jumping in and talking about a subject I have no fucking clue about. So I'm glad. <laughs> I'm glad. I'm glad I sort of. I'm, I, that was my first exposure to the the challenge. Like period. Period. I I remember road rules and like the road rules challenge. Is that where it started? Yeah. That, yeah. That's so the yeah. Road, road, road rules was a show. The real yeah. world was a show. Yeah. And then they and were like road rules two show. casts. And right. Yeah. They were just trying to milk extra, milk some extra action out of their reality stars that they'd already invested in. That's right. Yeah. It's totally. I get it. But and it started as a team competition. But it's going been going on for like twenty five years now. Like, and I have no clue. So I was glad to. I was glad you guys. I'm glad you guys were into it. <laughs> well, I got it out of my system. Like, I know I've been like, hey, I, I talk about it all the time, obviously. And, yeah. Uh, you're like, I don't. I don't care. I, I, just, <laughs> I don't want to do that. <laughs> <laughs> but for for fans of the show, I'm sure they were delighted. Well, let's hope so. I I'd like. I think they were. But anyway, I was in Spokane. So I'd never spent any time, real time, in Spokane. So, um, you know, maybe driv- driven through, whatever. Did you see the plaque that, up they have for me? The pl- that's, where was, that's where I was born, so there's the plaque. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's, it's, I think it's in the bottom of the river somewhere. I don't know, somewhere. <laughs> but the, uh, the, yeah, so downtown, there's like a river and that, like waterfalls. And it's actually kind of cool. There's like mm-hmm. a park there. Mm-hmm. And so... Yeah, got a it's called to, the Riverfront Park. It's aptly named, <laughs> but it's lovely. I mean, it's like it's pretty cool. So if you've never been to Spokane, you, you, you I mean, I wish, I wish it was a better city <laughs> because <laughs> it's pretty cool. Like I think it'd be cool to live in a town that had like waterfalls, like right in the middle of the right in the middle of the town. Yeah, I mean, you could go to Minneapolis. Yeah. So the, uh, I guess I could. <laughs> I'm not going to Spokane. Not living in Minneapolis. But the, uh, but so I was there for the uh, the state golf tournament, which is my son was participating. Yes. And um, and I realized that you know he's he doesn't have a ton of like uh, competitive rounds under his belt, so he gets mm-hmm. a little nervous. Mm-hmm. So I, much like myself, and uh, he was playing with these two kids who were just behavioral. Like one kid was just this hyper beast of a kid who just couldn't stop talking. Oh, like at all? No. Oh. Like like for eighteen, like we played with him two days. So for thirty six, we're playing holes, golf. Shut up, kid. This kid did not shut up a single minute. And then the other kid he was playing with would make a bad shot and then get like get really angry. Oh, fun. And, and like slam clubs like an eleven year old. These are these are these are ten eleven year old kids, by the way. Mm. And then, and then, and then at one point, um, he, he had the, he, this kid had, uh, like a 15 foot putt and he just nuked it and it went 10 feet past the hole and the kid just walked off the back of the green and then paced around on the back of the green. It was his turn to play. Oh my God. And I, you know, so the dads at this level, like you have to have a parent keep your score. Okay. So, you know, they hand us the, the they you're keeping score for a different kid. Someone's keeping score for your kid, but you know what I mean? Like the official scorecard. I had the official scorecard for right, right, this right. other kid. He walked off the back of the green. I'm like, what is this kid doing? And he's just like, he's muttering and he's pacing across the back of the green, back and forth, back and forth. While these other two kids, well, one kid couldn't shut up about it. And my son was just looking there. He's just like befuddled. He's like, he doesn't play with behaviorals. You know what I mean? He's like, 
well, I've, taught, I've taught him to play in a genteel sort of way. And he's just I not I also think that it has to do with where we live a little bit, right? Actually, my wife and I are having this conversation today. It's like, it's been a while since I've been in a, like, uh, an environment where people are from, like, diverse geographic background. I mean, just from the United States, like, just as far as in the United States. Like, probably uh-huh. since college, where, like, there was a lot of people from a lot of different places and still kind of hadn't, I don't know. It's not as prevalent in the workplace, at least in the corporate workplace, because there is sort of a required assimilation that you have to do to be successful in the corporate workplace, right? You can't sure. really act out. <laughs> right. Right? Like, uh, nobody's on the conference call going buck. <laughs> right. But in the regular world, it's really easy if you don't inter- if you don't interact with it much to forget how many people out there are just being extra all the time about quite literally everything they're doing. So my son was completely befuddled. Like and he wasn't <laughs> playing he wasn't playing great. Yeah, well, and it would be hard he, with the, the spasmos. And he wasn't getting he wasn't that was, sorry, he, that was offensive. <laughs> <laughs> he couldn't get any traction, like mental traction, right into this round. Yeah. Yeah. Like, but he was doing, you know, he he's doing what he could. And after the whole thing was over, you know, after that first 18 was over, we were drawn the way home. I said, pretty tough go out there. And he's like, yeah, I said, I said, okay, well, tomorrow we'll just have fun. Don't worry about what those kids are doing. You uh-huh. Now, you know, now, you know who you're playing with. Just go out there and put, put a little joy in your heart and just play golf. Yeah, just trying to enjoy yourself. Yeah, and he played much better the second day. But I mean, it was a very—I think it was a—it's an important lesson to learn for me too, because I was just aghast by the whole thing. I was just like, I was walking around like, with, like thinking terrible thing about things about these children. Like, as you know, it's like they're kids. Sure, I get it. Yeah. They're 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 vessels. They're—I mean—they're made of what someone has poured into them. Like, yeah. it's not perhaps their fault. Right. But I was just I, by by about. Hole number twelve. I was like, I was ready to be just like yelling at these kids. I go, what the hell is the matter with you children? Were the, so were their parents also there? Yes. Were you side eyeing <laughs> these parents? Sizing them up? I was judging them harshly the whole time. Was there any intervention on the behavior from the parents in any way? No. Well, you can't. No. You can't interact with the kids. You're not oh. allowed as as scorekeepers. Oh, like period. Okay. No, you're not allowed to talk to them or coach them or anything. You're just going to keep score and walk. You can't just be like, "Hey, focus up." But actually, it was funny because because the mother of so the dads were all doing scorekeeping, and mm-hmm. one of the moms was walking along. And then the second day, about halfway through, um, she walked up to me. She says, "I really like how your son handles himself." I'm like, "Really? Maybe you should think about having this conversation with your son." <laughs> <laughs> I was like, "Whatever." I was, but you know. At least I didn't have to deal with an eleven-year-old kid doing aim point. So I mean, I was <laughs> it was a it's sort of a plus, sort of a plus. I have a hard time with. It. I can definitely identify with what you're talking about here because I uh, it just even a couple of years ago I think I was playing just over at Jackson, which is you know it was just a local municipal, and I was just like looking to have a solid round and struggling a little bit early, and we got you know me and my buddy got paired up with these two randos, and the randos were like just the etiquette was all over the place, and the so it was just like I I didn't ever know. I felt like I had to babysit what they were doing. You know what I mean? Right. Like, keeping it right. moving. And then like, also, are you cleaning that up? What are you doing? There's no communication. and never know what's going on. And it was like, it was, it was throw, put me on tilt. And so I think at the turn or somewhere, I was just like, yeah, we're, we're just going to stop. Go ahead. 
<laughs> and we just waited like two holes. Wasn't that busy out there? Waited for them to get out, like two holes ahead, and then started playing again. God, I was like, yeah. I, and I played like six strokes better once they were gone. <laughs> Obviously, yeah, all right, yeah. Let's. Uh, so here's the rundown of the show. We'll talk a little more golf in in segment one. A little more golf in segment two, <laughs> and some summer vacation in segment three. How's that sound? All right, all right. Here we go. Segment number one. So, um, speaking of etiquette, we had the uh, the PGA uh, Championship this week. So, have you gotten used to golf on TV with no people? I don't think about it at all. I don't think about it at all either. No, in fact, I don't care. I, in fact, I kind of like it. I know that the I know that the tour needs to sell tickets and merch and all these other things to pay these monster purses, <laughs> but um, I don't miss the I don't miss the fans on site even remotely. Well, I found that I haven't, you know, not not to just get right off topic, but I found that for the most part, I don't care about the fans at any of these sporting events I'm watching on TV. Like I've heard other sports pundits get really sort of, it's really weird with no fans. I don't care. It doesn't bother me in the slightest. I don't, I, I, I guess there is some energy and, you know, when it gets to the playoffs, maybe it'll be a little different and, and it'll be interesting. It is interesting to me from a golf perspective, like, is it advantageous to a certain type of player, you know, to not have the fans there? Do, do, is it allowing more guys to compete? You know, with what we saw at the PGA Championship with, like, what, 10 guys within two strokes in the last, right. like, four holes? Right. Is that part, partly because they're not folding like they might otherwise if there were crowds around and they're hearing the roars from the other holes and so on and so forth? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think that I think that there is there – is, an amazing feeling when when an athlete pops the crowd, right? Yes. Like makes a big play, makes a big shot, whatever. Like like the crowd going absolutely buck wild is actually kind of pretty cool. Well, it definitely there's something about um, it not feeling like this being a major. It mm-hmm. didn't feel any different than the rest of the golf I've watched all season right. since right. it's come back. Right. And I think that is probably the one thing. And then hitting a shot like the one that Morikawa hit on 16. And for those that don't know what we're talking about, he drove the green in a way that put him in position to basically win the tournament. And, and hit a shot that basically every other player coming through there had tried to hit. Uh-huh. Um, and done and not really done successfully. Right. Uh, and not getting the, the massive crowd reaction that we would have gotten in, this, in a moment like that, I think really did right. take away a little bit. But as, a, as somebody sitting at home, I don't really know how much it matters. Yeah, for me as a fan at home, I don't miss them. I mean, I, the athletes obviously do. Um, I'm thinking about that Colin Morikawa shot um, for sure. Like, he hits that shot with a full crowd on a Sunday. I mean, it roars for days. Like, can you pull yourself together in the midst of all that and make that putt? Like, it's, it's, I bet my sense is it's much easier to make that putt with no one around as opposed to the crowd just, just buzzing. Like, the fact that you just hit that shot because the crowd probably doesn't settle. Like, they're probably like bzzz, mm-hmm, waiting for mm-hmm. something big to happen. So, I, I wonder if, for a, from a player's perspective, I wonder if, I wonder maybe it was a little easier for him being a first time. You know, be, you know, contending for a major for the very first time, the fact that there's nobody out there is probably easier. I don't know. I mean, it's a, it, that kid seems unflappable in general. True, um, but still, I gotta imagine it's easier not, you know, not hearing the, not hearing everybody ooh and ah while you're trying to get this putt to go. I mean, just I don't know. I do wonder if maybe. I mean, I could see also like it's too quiet. Like, cause that's, that's kind of what happens when you're out there by yourself and like, even in a, in a meaningless circumstance of amateur golf, trying to make a tough putt. And it's like, 
uh, it's like you all, you almost w- you don't want a distraction, but at the same time, it's like dead silence is almost a, d- a distraction in and of itself. <laughs> so, like right. having maybe the hum that you're hearing all day while you're playing, right? Because the crowd never really gets quiet if you've been to a PGA event. It, it's quiet, yeah. but it's not. It's not like playing by yourself. It's not like playing with no. your buddies where no one's saying anything and there's basically no noise. Yeah. Well, that was a. I mean, it was. Um, it was interesting. I mean, Harding Park looked great. I mean, mm-hmm. it was funny to see those guys all like bundled up. The uh, it, it was. I mean, it was cool. But you know, we live in the the Pacific Northwest, right? I mean, we've been dealing with fifties and cloudy since you know February. <laughs> you know, you're definitely still going to get a day like that every once in a while. Yeah. And, uh, and it made me cry laughing. I was watching. I was like, is Jason day wearing winter mittens? He's got the warm, he's got the hot blood. Oh my God. It's like, I have cousin from cousins from Hawaii. And if, when they come to the mainland and it'd be summertime and they're like, Oh, I'm so cold. <laughs> he lives in Ohio. Okay, I fair. mean, come on, come on. It's not like he's from australia anymore i mean that's fair he lives in ohio yeah why yeah. isn't he in florida with everybody else oh uh, i think his wife's family is from ohio he lives he lives in dublin he lives in dublin ohio he lives okay. yeah he he, li- he plays out of uh Murf- murfield village right anyway but it's like come on that's a little soft it's a, it's a little soft. It's only 55 degrees, Jason. Yeah, you could just like, put your hands in your pockets. You don't need the winter, like, golf mittens. You're, I mean, it's not... It's, we haven't reached that point yet. Probably not, no. No. But I was, uh, I was very impressed with uh, Morikawa and, uh, how he, uh, and how he handled himself. That was, uh, I mean, it's pretty exciting stuff. I, I mean, I, like, I liked everybody who was contending. And yeah. the fact that Brooks Kepka was not contending made me th- happy. I'm sorry, who? Bruce Kupka. Thank you. A <laughs> whole Bruce Kupka. Now, tell, tell what was your take on the whole like him just fully dissing DJ on Saturday? What did do you, like I mean he was about 2 seconds from cutting a WWE promo right there. I mean, right? He was that close. Um I mean he was basically I think saying so he's doing his dumb major thing of and I don't remember it now the order of events and when he says these stupid things and in the past he's definitely said like in the majors, easiest to win because it's a small field, and half the guys are going to not even be in contention. The other half are going to fold under the pressure, and I've got to beat like a third of the field to win. Right? That's kind of his deal. He stole that from Jack Nicholas, but okay. Okay, fine. Yeah. Um, and, and you know what do you say about DJ? Like, uh, how many of these guys out here have even won one? Like all those guys on the leaderboard on Saturday? Is that was, yeah. that, was that the context? Or yeah. He's Friday? like, well, DJ's only won one. So. Right. <laughs> right. Um, I, I, it's just a dickhead thing to say. It's just like saying nothing is an option. Right, you don't. Right, he thinks he can just cut it loose, and I, I don't know. I mean, I guess it's it's good. I think it's good for the sport to have hateable figures. Yeah, um, I, I think it's it, it. There is really like quite a few black hats right now out on the on the tour. Like, there's a <laughs> lot of guys that are easy to root against, and I think yeah. that that actually, in a scenario like we're talking about, especially with no fans, having your favorites be matched up against people that you really despise is actually helpful. <laughs> You know, because normally you look at the leaderboard, you're like, I, I, I'm ambivalent about basically 90% of these guys, and I kind of want three of these dudes to win, and the casual golf fan only cares about, like, two or three names, right? Right. So yeah. I think having heels really helps with the casual fan, because the casual fan says, oh, I hate that Patrick Reed, and you're like, no, so <laughs> you, you can't examine it. Like, why? I don't know. It's a sports hate thing, right? right. I hate him because uh, somebody I like doesn't like him. You're right. What if... What if he had said, finally, Bruce Kupka has come back? 
to San Francisco. I would be all for golfers cutting promos on each other. I mean, that's essentially what Phil is this close to doing it on his Instagram. Oh, he's very close. He wants to. I I don't think he's going to allow himself to, but God, he wants to. He wants to so bad. I well, I want him to. I would rather. I mean, like, I I would like enjoy Phil at this point if he just joined the senior tour, played all the senior majors and a handful of PGA events, and then just did week and did commentating most PGA weekends. Yeah. Oh, the ten the tension between him and Faldo was real. On <laughs> you think? Oh my God, very real. And do you like, think that's because Faldo's had things to say about Phil that Phil doesn't like? Yeah, and Phil's and Phil's not taking Faldo's crap. Like that's you know. Faldo can dish out crap to everybody else around there because he's got what a handful of majors. He got what? Does he even have that? Four, many? four. You're gonna put me on. I don't know right now. I'm sorry. He's got head. four. He's. I think he has. I think he has two masters, two British. Okay. Is Faldo, or maybe it's three masters, two well, British. I'll it tell might you in be about five. Thirty seconds. But <laughs> and then Phil has again. He's got six. Six. So no. So, no. Faldo has six. Oh, Faldo has six. Forty-one. Nichols, Forty-one wins. Uh-huh. But through 30 uh including 30 victories on the year. So 11 PGA wins. Okay. Uh and Phil has like 40 PGA wins and also six majors. Right? Yeah, so Faldo's got three open championships and three masters. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So so I mean they were peers for a long time, right? Like Faldo yeah. was still in his heyday when Mickelson was a rookie. Right. And then of course, you know, they had all that. There's there's a Ryder Cup thing there too. There's a lot of they've got a lot of history and and it's it's pretty common knowledge that no one liked Faldo when Faldo was on the tour. Like so and he, he seems so likable. I don't understand. I don't know. Anyway, but they were I mean, there was a lot going on there. There was a lot of subtweeting happening <laughs> during their during their sharing of the booth. Oh, well, maybe Fowler doesn't like his throne being threatened. Yeah, maybe. Well, he's the only one who can't lord. He can't lord over his. He can't lord over his career over anybody in the. He can lord it over everyone in the booth that he works with. Right. Like, and except then Mickelson shows up and it's like, oh, I can't lord my record over you. He does have one more major win. Phil only has five. Oh, he has five. Yeah. Three, three masters, a PGA and an open. Okay. So, so, but Phil has again more. I mean, but again, they're, they're close enough to where. Where Faldo can't just stick it to him. Yes. Right. It just, you know. So it's, so it's, uh, so it was interesting. I thought Phil was good in the booth, mm-hmm. and I was entertained by the fact that that uh, that he and and Sir Nick were were uh, were sort of just barbing at each other, jabbing at each other. There was a lot going on there. I like Phil in the sense that he's always he's always seems like ready and willing to say some wild shit. Yeah, but like not in an not in an aggressive way, in like a sort of a a sly kind of way. <laughs> yes, right. not in this like clumsy Bruce Kupka. I'm right. too cool and don't care about anybody. I, yeah, I the I don't care. I care, but I don't care kind of thing. It's just it's lame. I would like DJ to come out and say, Bruce Kupka, you come out here and you run your mouth. <laughs> anyway. I'd be all for it. DJ would never do some stuff like that. I don't think he DJ would. can put 10 words together. No. He can't. I would just have, like, can we get the nature boy out here to like just be my, can he just do my, can, can he cut my promo against Bruce Kupka? Speaking of beards, Dustin yeah. Johnson should never shave that beard. <laughs> so there's like this, so there's this thing that happens with, with Dustin Johnson. There's, there's the actor Rick, Richard Armitage. 
Do you know who that, Richard Armitage is? That sounds familiar. So Richard Armitage, Bradley Cooper, and Dustin Johnson are all sort of in the same circle of when they have a beard, they all kind of look the same. They look like there should be like a uh, they should play brothers in a western like my <laughs> <laughs> where all three of them have a beard and they all look very similar to each other. Okay. Okay. Yes. Yeah. I know. I know who you're talking about. Yes. Yeah. I mean, I'm with you. Yeah. In that scenario, DJ's the awkward one. Yes. He's the quiet brother. <laughs> <laughs> there's the charming, good looking one. There's the intense one. And then there's the dumb one. Oh, yeah. Well, why didn't you just remind me that he was uh, Thor and Oakenshield? Then I would yeah. know exactly what you're there talking you about. There you go. Yeah. It's, the, it's the nose, too, right? On those guys like that. It's, it's, kind, it's yes. not, I don't want to say pointy, but it is of a pointed nature. Yeah, no, they look like yeah. Cooper, Armitage, Dustin Johnson. They they should play brothers in a movie. All right. <laughs> okay. All right. Segment number two. All right. In segment number two, um, Dylan Dethier, who recently moved to Seattle, golf writer, recently oh, really? moved to Seattle. Why did he move here? I don't know. I don't. I I I did. I did float something to him when he said he had moved to Seattle. I I asked if he would come out and talk to the first tee kids uh, oh. about life in golf and journalism and all that kind of stuff. He never got back to me. I'll keep at him. Anyway, he's living in town, so he's not going to be able to avoid me on Twitter. Get him. Get him. I'll get him. I'm going to land this one. Um, But he said, hypothetical floating around in my brain today. Number one, if Tony Finau reached out asking you to come aboard as his caddy, would you drop everything and go? Number two, if yes to number one, how far down the world rankings would you have to go before you said no to a player asking the same questions? I pose this to you, Ty. What do you think? Well, you know how I feel about Tony Finau. Like, he's got to be, like, top five favorite for me. Like, I'm rooting so hard for this guy. Like, he deserves to win. He plays such good golf, and then he just has two bad holes in the last six holes on Sunday every time he's in contention. Right. And it's hard to deal with, and it's very relatable. Yeah. Um, so 100%, he seems like a cool dude. Uh, he is from Utah, so he's probably a Mormon. That's a little concerning for me. <laughs> I don't know if we get along. He's a, he's a family man. He's got he's got uh, like he's got a lot of kids. He's got a wife and and many kids. So he's, well, then again, I'm going to go ahead and say that my theory is likely correct. So yeah, yeah. But I hear yeah, you. I mean, for Tony Finau, for sure. Yeah, I would no brainer for Tony Finau. I would totally loot for Tony Finau, um, in a heartbeat. Seems like a nice guy. I mean, yeah. obviously he wants to win. It seems if like I, we could talk about shoes. Right. <laughs> he, he's <laughs> he a Nike it. guy. He's a Nike guy, so I'd get Nike stuff. Yeah. As his caddy, which would be a good deal. I mean, and he makes a he makes a good living on tour. Yeah. You know, so I can help know, with the, his hat fit, which is a the, little off. <laughs> the money is there. His hat fit. His hat fits a little off. He t- he does he tends to do the like the Abe Lincoln, right? It kind of it kind of rides high. Like it, it kind of like kind of the top his his head's kind of long it's like kind of t- it, he's got a long face so we have wear, to work on it and he's a big guy so when he wears the the hat on the top of his head it just makes his head look really long well Nike makes like horrific hats man their hats are so bad like <laughs> like I'd like to wear a Nike hat I can't no. wear any of those hats they're all they're all bad they're just they're the worst right now they're hideous like, and they're shaped weird and yeah. yeah. I, I need to talk to the Nike people because, man, they're, I mean, I would buy Nike stuff, but all their stuff is just hideous right now. And it's yeah. been not good for the last handful of years. Yeah, I would talk to Tony about whether or not we could get Nike to release us from our, our cap contract. 
Well, I mean, at least he could get at least he could get me like uh, maybe like some some Air Max nineties that I could yeah. wear around. Those are nice looking. Sure. I could live with that. But um, so if yes to number one, okay, let's say you're going to be a pro jock, a yeah. looper. Um, how far would you have to go? So I'm gonna so I pulled up the I pulled up the world rankings. Oh, I did and too. I'm just and I'm just gonna go down the list and we'll just start with one. Okay, and we'll work our way down. This was actually the one I have. I don't think it's updated or has been updated. Anyway, so would you loop for John Rom? Yes. You would? Yeah. Uh, I'm, not, I'm not sure. I like I mean, John Rom. So we're just, we're just going to take just take into account that the money is going to be good all across the board. Okay. We're not going to have any problems with money if we're talking about these players on the top. Okay. okay. Yeah. So I don't know if I could I, – I don't know if I could – I don't know if I could contain the facial expressions while he was acting out. You know what I mean? Like, I just do it with him. <laughs> you would join I'd in. I'd participate, yeah. Yeah, okay. See, I wouldn't. I would be like, oh, God. Uh, what if you did? Well, you're, you're right, John. That did fucking suck. <laughs> right? <laughs> you're right. That was shitty. <laughs> <laughs> you, you're out of here. Just like a bad Little League dad. Right. Yeah. Like that guy you talked about a couple weeks ago. <laughs> like a histrionics when the kid who hit a bad shot. I'm going right. to do that. Nice job, dickhead. Yeah, I just walk off. Yeah, just th- just grab the bag and walk to the next hole. <laughs> yeah, I'll see you at the and green let him, and let him catch up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, you're right. That was shitty. Uh, Justin Thomas for sure. Yeah, yeah. I think JT's uh, JT seems like uh, he'd be a good hang. Yes. Yeah. Seems like a fun guy. Right. I'm just you know, and then of course for me as a looper, I'm just I'm part of that shut up and keep up kind yeah. of a kind of a deal now. I so in two weeks, um, U.S. Kids Golf is is um, had started some t- tournaments here in the Seattle area, so I signed my kids up for those. And the n- thing about those is that they're a parent caddy. Okay. Like, yeah. So you know, when my daughter was young, I caddy. I used to caddy for her because they had a, a a little tour around here that you could that you could join up that had parent caddies, and then it went away. So we haven't had this for a while. My son, I've never been able to parent caddy my son. We just never had a chance. So I get a chance to do that um, in a couple of weeks. And I'm just like, I'm, I'm, I'm totally like keep up and shut up kind of a caddy. I'm like, I'm going to give you the front yardage and the pin yardage. I'm going uh-huh. to say, what, what club would you like? And then he's going to hit shots. And I'm going to take his club. I'm going to clean it for him. <laughs> and then I'm going to walk with him. And I'm not going to talk a lot. So that's so I'm going to apply that to all these players. Not even like uh, shorts okay here, but long is dead. No, see, this is the this is. I guess we'll probably t- have little conversations like that. Oh, I think you would probably oh, have what to. I, have I, the... What I, what I'll do is I'll probably just say, okay, front yardage is the hundred, pin yardage is one fifteen. Let's get in between. Yeah. Right. I'm not. Yeah. I'm not even going to give him the long. It's like I'm not even going to tell him that long is dead. Well, or, no, I mean, only if you're talking about between clubs, right? Right. Right. I'll, I'll I'll probably lie about yardage too, if I need to. Right. <laughs> he's gonna he's gonna get he he might get like uh, he might get varying information depending. Anyway. Well, that's part of your job, right? Like yeah. you're 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 not giving him the wrong yardage. You're interpreting the slope for him. Right. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. All right. McElroy for sure. For sure. Yeah. DJ for sure. Premium China White. Because <laughs> I was just gonna say the cocaine floweth, <laughs> and uh, you know. Maybe uh, maybe Paulina shows up in a swimsuit. Uh, Colin Morikawa. 
For sure. Then yeah. I could convince him to dump his girlfriend and go out with Danielle Kang. No. <laughs> his girlfriend is... I just, I'm, I'm shipping the two, the superpowers, the American golf superpowers. The, well, she dates, Daniel King dates, uh, um, Maverick McNeely. Okay. I don't care about any of that. Well, McNeely's like a good golfer and his dad's a billionaire. Fine. She's not going to break <laughs> up with him. That's not the point. I'm just saying like in my, like in my world of TV entertainment, <laughs> I'm shipping <laughs> more cow and cake. By the way. Okay, uh, sidebar. My wife, who speaks fluent Japanese, like, I, I, I do the whole Colin Mur- Murakawa thing all the time, and she's like, it's not Mark Murakawa, it's Morikawa. I'm like, I know. That's why I keep saying it this way. Everybody on TV says it wrong. It just, it just chaps her. It's fantastic. <laughs> all right. Um, Webb Simpson. Yeah. Yeah. That I seems would. easy. And seems... He's, he's been really good the last two years. Yeah. Bruce, Bruce Kupka. Uh, prob- I think he would fire me. <laughs> like I, I i think i just roll my eyes at him oh, i don't no, think so. i'd keep calling him bruce yeah there'd be there'd be much like deep sighing for me too like oh, yeah god nice shot champ <laughs> <laughs> deshambo i not Hell for no. a minute not no. for a minute I no i don't want to be around that guy i don't want to ever be in the same room as that guy no. oh my god patrick reed <laughs> uh again i think that yes but i think he'd fire me you would you would loop patrick reed I don't have the same kind of hate for him, um, but I would definitely say something. I mean, he kicks spectators out for making fun of him. He's definitely gonna kick. He's definitely gonna fire. Him. He's gonna make you do a bunch of shit too. Like he's like, "Hey, go wrestle that cameraman to the ground." Oh right, yeah. You know he's gonna yeah he's gonna not he's gonna treat tell me you, like a human. Yeah. yeah, he's gonna tell you to do shit. Like yeah. he's gonna tell you like, "Hey, go go shut that guy up." I will never be able to stop reminding him like, "Hey Pat, remember when you wore a choker on tour for four years? <laughs> that was a good look." Hey, Pat, you going to cheat this round? Do I have to, like, be ready to cover up some shit? Seriously. Do you need me to stand between you and the cameraman? God. Do you need me to run ahead and drop one in the bushes for you? <laughs> Adam Scott, for sure. No for brainer. Sure. No brainer at all. Um, Xander Shafafafle. Probably. Uh, I told you, like, that the batific, the staring that he was doing at Tiger at the end of last year's Masters has given me a weird impression of him, but I don't <laughs> <laughs> he was it was really it's the weirdest moment I, I don't think anybody ever brought it up again in the golf media but the way he was staring at tiger after tiger won and he wanted to speak to him and he looked like he was overcome and like just starstruck like yes. just completely like, like he, and, he, and he just his face it's a very strange face i have to look that up you have to form me i'll, I'll see if i can find it it's just yeah. very weird i watched yeah. it multiple times i was like because mostly because he looks like he's about to try to say something and then realizes that tiger doesn't give a fuck about him Sure. So he's just like, oh, whatever. Go ahead. We're, I'm friends with Tiger. No, you're not. <laughs> You've played a couple of golf rounds with him. Yeah, right. Yeah. Uh, Cantley. Sure. Patrick Cantley. Seems like a nice guy. Yeah. I, what's he's, with the all black? He's been. He's yeah. I don't know. He's 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 sort of glommed onto that. Um, Cantley. Does Cantley sort of give off? He gives off kind of a kind of a um, kind of a robot vibe. I think he's just a big dork. Yeah, you think yeah. So? I think he's just real awkward, and so he just doesn't. He just, I mean, he 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 seems like he should be English, like because of the way he looks, right? Right? He does. He does. Does he have like a kind of a weird, like sort of robot Zuckerberg vibe? I I definitely get more of a. I don't know what to say, so I'm not going to say much, and I'm going to like make a weird joke. Yeah. So and it's kind of like. Go like this, like when I, I wish people could see me, but like I'm gonna laugh at my own joke in this way. 
<laughs> you know what I'm talking about? Right. Like, when no one else is laughing. Yeah, so right. I get... Okay, I see where you're going with the Zuckerberg thing. Then. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Uh, one more since Fleetwood's a no-brainer. You right. definitely loop for Fleetwood. Yeah. He seems like a good time. To look at this list, I think you re- to wrap up the segment, you get down to, I think it's yes for me, pretty much all the way down to about 40. You better come to, you better come to, a, you better come to a, 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 an agreement with Kucher, though, first. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and we're getting that in writing. <laughs> Yeah, it's a lot of these guys. I, again, it's. I think for the most part, it's it's a yes, with notable exceptions. Like, I don't want to loop for Sergio Garcia. No, no thanks. Yeah, but everybody else is probably pretty much fair game from here on out. Down yeah, I think so. I think it'd be f- fun. Down to 50. Especially for, like, I don't want to do it forever, but a couple of years? Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. At least yeah, for, for, just I mean, for the my stories. Back, my back wouldn't let me do it. Hey, don't don't scroll down. Spell Christian Bezidenhut. I've never even heard that name. <laughs> First of all, he's from South Africa. So Christian Bezidenhut is spelled C-H-R-I-S-T-I-A-A-N. Okay. Bezid- wait, let me try. Wait, wait, wait. Okay, Bezidenhut. Sight unseen Bezidenhut. Yes. Wait, he's, he's South African? Yes, but obviously okay. of like maybe Dutch origin or something. B-E-Z, and then it's going to be U-I. Uh-huh. D. E-N. H O U T. No, Bazitin Hoot. This is the that's the that's the Oosthazen corollary. I, right. I only know it's Oosthazen because <laughs> or I only know it's Bazitin Hoot because the Oosthazen. Yes. Yes. And it's I mean, if you can get through the UI situation, then it's pretty much phonetic. Yeah. <laughs> if I knew that was coming, and I did, I'd, I'd seen it before. Christian Bazitin Hoot. Very good. Very impressive. I never would have gotten Christian with two A's. No. <laughs> so you a, gave me the hard part. <laughs> That was, I had to give you that. No one's getting Christian with two A's. Come on. Christian. Christian. All right. Segment number three. All right. Enough of this golf talk. But summer vacation, because we're all sort of stuck. Yeah. And not being going anywhere. I sort of harken back to my, when I was a kid, because we used to road trip all the time. Mm -hmm. And my dad, who was a doctor, would go to these, um, basically these Filipino doctor conventions. They have these, by the way. Okay. So um, you'd see we have a lot of Filipino friends that they're doctors. They all know each other. So my friends from St. Louis who I knew and from Kentucky and we all would. And then there were some kids you just saw once a year. And, you know, it was it was fun. It was it was nice to, to go to these. And there were some there were some rivalries as well. There was some there was some. <laughs> of course. Some drama. There's some kids we didn't like. Anyway, that's maybe for a different day. But oh, that sounds but, more interesting than what we're going to talk about. <laughs> <laughs> but my dad was always insistent that we drive. Okay. So wherever it was, like Boston, Florida, Texas, wherever. Is it because like, he wanted to see the country or is there a yeah, reason? Yeah, he just like uh, he just he was just down for a road trip. Okay. So most of the time it was, you know, there was New Orleans one year, Houston. I don't think it ever really got I don't think it really, I don't think California ever came into play really, but it was mostly, you know, Chicago, anyway, sort of those mostly east of the Mississippi. So we lived near St. Louis, so it was pretty easy for us to drive to the East Coast and whatnot. We always made a couple of weeks of it, saw some stuff. Okay. So, um, so when you link this, um, um, 
when you link this link, where the Library of Congress has published over 11,000 high-resolution shots of U.S. roadside attractions, I was immediately interested. Like, I was like, have I seen some of this yeah. crap? But, and I've also, as an adult, driven, driven the roads of the United States quite extensively. I've done it basically not at all as an adult. Yeah. So yeah. Um, there were some times where I was between jobs where I just decided I would just get in my car and just drive. That's, yeah, and you've told a good road trip story on the show before. Yeah. So, so, uh, so when you look through these, like America is a weird, like a weird place, right? Like yes. We've had these, we've had these funny eras, like, and they, they, they sort of come on quickly, like, especially in terms of like historical time, right? Like the fifties doesn't, I mean, the fifties is 70 years ago. It doesn't yes. feel like that because, you know, I watched Happy Days. <laughs> I don't know. So the 50s doesn't seem so long ago. But it's, a lo- it's obviously a long time ago. And the, and, and the world is kind of a strange place. Well, America is more like, I don't even know how to put it. It's not, there's a big difference in regions in the country. And the way things are done and the way people behave and the way they interact with each other and the way businesses are run and it has become, I think, more homogenous over time. Obviously, I think even more so over the last 20 years. Things have lost a lot of their character as, you know, we've entered late stage capitalism and it doesn't necessarily, it's not necessarily profitable to have a lot of unique type of buildings, right? Mm-hmm. Like you want cookie cutter, especially if you're a, a franchise or whatnot. So I think that's what makes these things so nostalgic is this idea that everything used to kind of have character and it was built by whoever was there and whatever parts they could get regionally. And that's another thing, right? So we, we have global supply chain, not regional supply chain. That's right. homogenized everything. Right. Right. And then, uh, yeah, so exactly. Like chains, chains own the thing. So they, they, there's no, there's no room for uniqueness if you're a chain, right? You want, right. Like McDonald's needs to look like McDonald's everywhere. Yes. Yeah. Even though the original McDonald's does show up on this, on this, on this flicker, the California one. Yeah. Yeah. The one that, you know, Ray Kroc cheated those brothers up. <laughs> <laughs> that damn Michael Keaton. That goddamn Michael Keaton. And the Hatton Boots shows up. Yes. Here. Yes. Very famous here in Seattle. Very under, uh, poorly maintained these days. Yeah. I mean, what if you bought, if, if, you, if they said, hey, we'd sell that to you for a reasonable amount of money, what would you, what would you do with it, though? I don't know. There's it's not kind really of much. An, it's kind ice of cream stand? Sh- it's kind of in a shitty part of, like, donuts yeah, and ice cream. Tough- Donuts or ice cream? I mean, that's the yeah. I mean, it really it was just a gas station, and it was essentially like a tiny little road stop, right? Because that used to be a major trucking thoroughfare along the waterfront down there. Uh huh. Yeah. So that that, yeah. You probably that was like the cutoff from the freeway to the port. Right. You probably have to move it. Is what I'm saying. uh, What I'm thinking. Yeah. You'd have to be like. Yeah, you have to. Yeah, you just have to like live. But there's a lot of there's a lot of uh, we used to travel north a lot for some odd reason. But okay. you know, you get into that sort of Michigan, like the the lake area there, like it, like northern Michigan, mm-hmm. and there's just like a lot of this weird small town regional kitsch. I mean, I think there's something about I don't know what it is about that area, but it seems like it shows up on this flicker quite a bit, and like like Wisconsin and Michigan have a lot of have a lot of just strange touristy kitsch. Well, I mean, the first thing I thought of, that was one thing I want to look at, was like, how many of these things have I seen, right? And obviously the local stuff, like the Snow King drive-in theater shows up here. And I've actually been to that when it was a, a functional drive-in. Um, but the first thing I thought of uh, that I haven't found in the gallery yet, but I'm sure it's probably in here, is Paul Bunyan and Babe in Bemidji. 
which is in Minnesota. And I have definitely seen this in person. <laughs> I was probably six or seven years old. So when I was younger, when my parents lived in New York, my parents and, my, and myself lived in New York, we, one, drove across the country to get there. Um, and then my grandparents came across the country to get me and take me back to Washington for a summer one year. And so I drove. Like they drove? Uh-huh. They drove to. They'd never done it. So they drove to New York. To get you and then drove back. Yes. And then flew you back. I believe so. Yeah. But I crossed the country in a car between the time I was four and the time I was eight, like five times. Dude, what is it? Driving with your grandparents across the country in a car must have just been torture. I actually, I was young enough that I enjoyed my grandparents. They were fun people. Yeah. You just look out the window and just. Yeah. And we did stuff. We stopped everywhere. That's why I've seen Paul Bunyan and this and Babe Blue Locks. And like the trip back was about seeing things like this. Um, so I've seen, like, you know, we went and, and I've done, we did Yellowstone, we did all that stuff coming back through, um, you know, and I drove multiple different ways across the country too. So I've been down through like in the last time, the very last time that we drove across the country, we drove from New York to Florida and then from Florida to Washington. So right. it, things were weird. I, I, we like camped through a tornado <laughs> <laughs> where we had to like, like, like retreat to the moving truck to sleep in the cab because the tornado was ripping through the campground. Oh my God. Yeah. That's crazy. It was literally in Kansas also. So the irony was not lost. Was, uh, was Bill Paxton involved? I, I assume he was just down the street. <laughs> chasing it, <laughs> chasing yeah. that twist, chasing that twister. No, the, um, that is half the fun. Like when I was driving around by myself, I'd like, I'd see something weird and I would just go ahead and stop. Yeah, like you you go you stop at places like Prairie Dog Town on I seventy in Kansas where they have like a six legged cow and like this giant Prairie Dog Town. I was just, weird shit, right? It's like it cost me five bucks. Get one there's in here. signs. Like, oh, I'll go in there. Yeah, see the yeah, world's signs, largest ball like, of yeah. twine, <laughs> like in Iowa. I've seen it. I've, I've also seen it. I've stopped for that. <laughs> I mean, why wouldn't you? Right? I mean, yeah. what was I doing? Where was I going? I mean, that's the that's the best part about about um making trips like this i mean there's a lot of love on this on this um on this site for the diner the sort of that that classic diner that you know doors on each end (laughs) the kind the kind where the hero almost gets assassinated and they have to shoot it up like every time like you're you're right and then a bewildered a a bewildered service person emerges from behind the counter and like, what the hell? Yeah. Right. Yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly. This, I mean, there's a lot of those in this. And there's a lot of gas stations that are just kind of crazy. Yeah. There's a, these classic ones. I think my big takeaway was I was surprised at how I was really excited to look at this gallery when I first found it. And I was shocked at, I guess, how little of it is actually that interesting. Like, it gets really boring really fast. I thought we yeah. had more molded plaster statues that were still, I, mean, I don't know. What are these things made of? Like these storefronts, right? Like, Oh, we're going to have a, like this, the seashell storefront to this, you know, whatever this is, I've got to go find it again. But uh, there's, you know what I mean? Talking about these molded, you know what I'm talking about, right? Yeah. Like, I, uh-huh. I don't know what they're called, so I can't, I'm struggling for the words, but it's like right, the this, facade of the, the facade of the building is like a giant s- s- seashell. Yeah. What is that made of? Like plaster, right? Cement? That's what it is, right? Yeah, it's yeah. cake. It's made of cake. It's cake. It's everything's everything's cake. everything's made of cake. It's a it's a dog made of cake. No, the um, 
But yeah, I mean, there's a lot of you know. I grew up in a town that has a uh, a square, the town square, and it's actually mm-hmm. part of. So in Carlinville, Illinois, this the um, the square is actually part of the old Route 66. Like it's marked, like it's historic Route 66. Mm-hmm. So um, it has those sort of brick facades on the on the on those old buildings that are. I mean, it's very old timey. And it's kind of cool, and it, and these places do exist, and most of them are in, in you know, in disrepair <laughs> because people just don't live in these towns anymore. Right. So that's I sort of get that that vibe from this um, this uh, these pictures is that it's just sort of a a place where nobody is anymore, right? Uh-huh. Nobody lives in these towns anymore. It's just like old people and you know people who just never left. I don't know. It's just like. It's just—it's a little bit sad uh, to see these places because you know that there's just nobody around. I think it is one of the you know, and this might serve as a, a transition to what will be our OT. But um, it definitely bums me out that it doesn't like. I mean, this is sort of the hollowing out of the middle, middle class, right? That there is no sort of job where you can just make a living, comfortable wage and not live in a major metropolitan area. Like, there's very few jobs like that anymore. It used to be like the the heart and soul of the country was like these jobs where it was, you could be the, 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 in your town, you could be one of the two mechanics and you'd have a nice life. Right. You could and own that, the hardware store. Yeah. And that's almost impossible yeah. now. No, it's, it's absolutely impossible. You could be the grocery store guy. I mean, that's right. whatever you own the grocery store. Right. Yeah. I mean, my, when I was a kid, my town was just like that. And then of course, you know, it, uh, things change. I feel but, like we've stumbled onto the animating force behind the boogaloo movement. <laughs> Perhaps. <laughs> anyway, um, well, I guess you know what time this is. Now comes the part where we throw our heads back and laugh. Ready? Ready! <laughs> Dad jokes of the week. Woo! Uh, particularly bad this week. <laughs> <laughs> wow. <laughs> Way to pump up the crowd. All right, ready, people? What do you call a watch with a belt on it? A waste of time. It's like that joke. <laughs> I mean, now I'm even doing a rejoinder, so let's get through this. Knock, knock. Who's there? Ash. Ash who? Bless you. Oh, yeah. Go to hell. <laughs> <laughs> the other day, I got a ticket for being parked illegally, and I have no idea why. The sign clearly said, fine for parking. <laughs> fine. What did the marker say to the pencil? Looking sharp? Mm. Why, does a ba- why is it a bad idea to give your pet snake coffee? Because it can become viper active. What? what? <laughs> viper active? God. Yes. Oh, I think I hurt my neck just now. <laughs> uh, I was trying to come up with fang tension deficit disorder, but I couldn't get there. <laughs> Plastic surgery used to be such a taboo subject. Nowadays, if you talk about Botox, nobody raises an eyebrow. <laughs> That's not the worst. And uh, more French humor here. On the day of my French exam, I suddenly couldn't remember what the number nine is in French. I immediately became very nervous. <laughs> God. A noof is a noof. <laughs> yes. That's more of an egg joke, actually, if, if for you French Well, that's speakers. an oof. An oof is it, an I oof. think we've had an I've oof. had an oof. Yeah. <laughs> I've yeah, had, that was we've had the NF joke before. But not right. the not the noofus. 
so this is so this joke needs needs help. Okay. So I'm going to give you the joke that I wrote, but I think you can, I think I'd like you to improve a joke. This so, is like our version of Mike Birbiglia is working it out. Right. <laughs> have, you, have you listened to any of that? <laughs> no. So he's got a new podcast and he uh-huh. has there the whole premise is that he has comedians on and part of what they do is work out like ongoing work, material. They workshop some jokes mm-hmm. yeah. with each other. Oh, that's good. Well, we'll workshop we're, we're going to workshop this one. Okay. All right. Two cowboys are lost in the desert when in the distance one of them sees a tall shrub draped in bacon. A bacon tree were saved, they say, as they ride toward it. And as they get near, they're both shot dead. Turned out it was a ambush. I don't think that needs much. <laughs> I, I liked it. Oh, well, thank you. I liked it. Yeah, yeah, I don't. There, There's something. I guess the more I analyze it, it does feel like maybe it doesn't make sense. It's <laughs> a bacon tree. <laughs> yes, there's bacon hanging from it, but it turns out it's a ambush. I don't know. Anyway, it was pork products. It's pork yeah, product no, jokes. I it's it's good enough. Yeah, like I don't know if it if it needs to be torn apart and and put together to be perfect. I think it can stand alone. All right. Well, I'm glad I I'm glad I I I, I laughed. To, I, I genuinely laughed. I didn't know it was coming, and Hambush made me laugh. So congratulations. Thank you. Thank you. All right. I'm glad you enjoyed it. Overtime. Overtime. All right. In the overtime. You've put in uh, into the I Ching. Um, you've uh, you've said when can you complain about a neighbor's eyesore? Now, right. <laughs> so now I'm not. I'm going to assume it's not like they have a sty in their eye that's weeping or something like that. There's they've 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 put something in their yard. What 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 has your neighbor done? What 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 uh, atrocity have they foisted upon you? Well, it's a no fault eyesore. First of all, okay. Uh, they didn't put anything there. Well. Let me back up. I know I've complained on the show before about a man parking his truck who didn't really live in the immediate neighborhood and I didn't want to have to look at his truck all the time. Wait, wait he just leaves his truck there and then like walks around the corner or something? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. He stopped doing it um, eventually, probably okay. after I slashed his tires. <laughs> uh, no, <laughs> I did not. Uh, but he did. I think it was temporary, but it didn't. It was enough that I was like, I don't want to look at this all the time when I look out my window. But so the neighbors across the street, they've had their uh, one of the one of the people's had their dad living with them for it's been like a year now, at least. Okay. Maybe longer. Multi generational multi generational household. Yes. Got and it. he has a forerunner that has been parked on the street. It used to move every once in a while. Uh-huh. Now it has been parked statically for months. I mean, okay. obviously through the pandemic they're not going anywhere, but before that, like months and months before that. Um I'd have to go back and find the episode where I complained about the truck because uh-huh. we had some interaction where I was wondering if she knew whose truck that was, and the neighbor lady thought I was talking about her dad's car. So it's oh. been at least that long. Got it. Got <laughs> um, it. And then at some point in the last couple of weeks, toward the end of July, it was vandalized. Really? Yeah. What did you, what did you do to it? <laughs> well, I spray painted it. <laughs> <laughs> Move this piece of shit. <laughs> you spray painted it on there. Actually, it wasn't bothering me because of where it is on the street. I can't really see it from the house. Like, okay. I have to, like, kind of go out. It's, like, kind of yeah. partially blocked. But it's by around our... there. It's always it's there. It's over there. It's, no, it's yeah. 100% always there. Right. And uh, it did. It got spray painted by, I assume, some ne'er-do-well children. Because uh-huh. um, it's been there a while, and yes. they they've been like they're like they see it there, they know it doesn't move, so it becomes Perhaps. a target. They also did like the so that that side of the street is like a more recent development, so it's got one of those subdivision signs on the corner. Got it. It, got, it, it, it got tagged up. Yeah. So that sign also got tagged up. Yeah. 
What did they tag it with? What did they say? It had like empty set symbols on it, <laughs> like a circle, <laughs> a circle with a slash. Okay. I don't know. All right. Uh, I would have expected an A cab or a, you know. Yeah, know. something, something at least topical. Like, yeah. like no, get with it, the times, kids. Just they're it, just they're just tagging it up for I whatever. Yeah. They weren't good at it. What you're saying? Like, no, they it's didn't not, have like was, some. They didn't have like some cool cursive name. Like, no, if it was cool, I wouldn't care. Right. Like but they, right now, it looks like RoboCop over there. It's just like, <laughs> She like burned out downtown Detroit, <laughs> and so I had to see this out the window of my house every day. And then also like every time I come home, and it's so I don't like but, so his it got tagged up, and it's still not moved. It's still nothing happened to it. No, like it's I, been it's been weeks since it happened. And I why mean, don't you break one of the windows to see what happens <laughs> instead of spray painting it. Like, uh, let's, uh, let's move from passive aggressive into aggressive aggressive. With well, this I just like, can you just flip the motherfucker around so I don't have to look so, at the, the, the sprayed up side? <laughs> oh, so now, oh, I see what you're saying. Like that, face that, the ugly side towards your own house, right? Yeah, and give and give the kids a fresh side to paint. Yeah, <laughs> they've used this this uh, this canvas already. Right. They didn't that, touch. They didn't that, touch my stuff because we have motion lights. Good for you, man. I tell you what. Nothing. kids coming around my house I'll tell you. nothing scares you a know, sixth grader like a motion in, light right in my neighborhood we have a an ordinance about street parking mm-hmm. and that if uh if your car is unmoved for a relatively short amount of time like two days you can report it and they will sticker it and then they will tow it well that's true here too i just i'm not gonna be the guy that gets his neighbor's car towed for just call just just call just call it in no no if you're tired of looking at it well thankfully today this man came out and cleaned the car today so it's it's dampened my it's it has definitely put a little dampen on my vitriol here right but But just it took weeks did he clean the so he cleaned the paint off of it yeah yeah you can clean spray paint off your car? He had some kind of thing. Maybe it took him two weeks for Amazon to ship him the thing <laughs> to clean the car. Some, some Gooby Gone or whatever. You... Whatever it was. Yeah. He had some rag and a can of something and it took the, all the spray paint right off. Wow. Well, all right. Yeah. That's a... So, that's but a, I want to know, like, let's say hypo- hypothetically, how long do I have to put up with that? Like, because I'm not going to call the cops. Like two days. Or report the car. Two days? <laughs> <laughs> Here. Here's the thing. Our 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 driveway goes down and it sort of tees off with the road. Uh huh. If I if from the top of my driveway, if I can see your car, two days. <laughs> <laughs> Seriously, I'm like two days. If I see your car there for two days and it hadn't moved, not you know you just easy easy breezy online easy breezy online submission. Hey, so passive aggressive, Chris. I'm telling you the. Yeah, there were these people. One if it night, was an unknown vehicle, I would do that. But I know it's their car, so I would the, first go your, knock on their door and move say, your, "Move your GDMF car." Like you can't. Is there not enough room in their driveway for it? Uh, they use both sides of the driveway uh, most days. Okay, well, like then, they're they're using the garage, so they need the driveway clear. Right, and they can't park. There's no parking on that actual street where their house is. Uh huh. It's. I mean, yeah. it is. It's it's a fine parking spot. There's nothing sure. wrong about that. Although. When this happened, they did ask us, like, did our outdoor camera catch any of the footage? No, because I have the motion zones. They don't include the street. No. Like, you have to come onto my property before I'm recording you. Right. Mostly because I don't want to get the alerts. Right. <laughs> <laughs> right. Uh, and then, so they asked the other neighbor as well. And so my wife, the dirt bike neighbor. So my uh-huh. wife interacted with the dirt bike neighbor. And, and of course, the dirt bike neighbor being the, the, the dirt bag, he says, well, maybe they should move that car. Yeah. 
See, he knew too. He's thinking the same thing. You and Dirt Bike Guy are thinking the same damn thing. Well, so. he's all. Then he also said, "Yeah, you mean if it snows, you know, it's impossible to get by that thing." And it's like, oh, this from the guy who created an ice rink two years ago by right. driving his dumbass <laughs> truck up and down the street. For, like, I wish I wish it would have been me instead of my wife because I would have said that to him. <laughs> remember two years ago when you r- ruined the street for two weeks? Yeah, remember that? <laughs> what are you talking shit? about? Have another Red Bull and shut the hell up dude but yeah i mean i don't know i i guess if it's like you said i don't care if 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 i'm at the top of my driveway and i don't see your car i don't really give a shit what happens to be honest with you yeah so that's that's it that's the i mean i'm I'm just i'm just wondering like how long reasonably before i could go over there and feel justified saying i don't need to be uptight but could you just turn this around so i don't have to look at this right you're, you don't you don't have a you don't have a you don't have like an email relationship with them or anything like that. You can I could probably text them. Could you could you uh, could you post something really passive aggressive on Nextdoor? <laughs> <laughs> Stop looking at that altogether. My Next wife door. looks at it enough for both of us. We're gonna have we're gonna have to talk about Nextdoor at some point because I'm harboring a grudge against this neighbor now too because like we've lived here for five years and I know I've told you this that he's a member of the country club and like one of the first things he said he was like oh yeah come play he, with us he hasn't invited you it never once no and he knows he knows something okay. happened I don't know now that's that guy it's yeah. that guy okay got it got it well then you should definitely call the cops on his old man's drive chip and putt champion father yeah you, you can do narrow that. it down now. well like i said i would just you know whatever you just if you can if you're not gonna the answer to this is when can you complain when you're ready to complain (laughs) when i decided it's worth the social fallout right and again you can there's many there's many there's many ways these days that you can lodge a complaint i just think the world is a better place if you don't if you're not an anonymous complainer I mean, yeah, now I agree that there's a calculus to confrontation. Don't get me wrong. Yeah. But I think part of our societal collapse has to do with, I'm going to tell on you and you're not even going to know about it. Yeah. I mean, the, like I said, there's some things that you should just, and who knows if the cops ever come around to like do anything. They may never. I've seen them come do enforcement on some cars. There's a, I told you before, there's a rental at the very end of the street that has a lot of cars on a regular oh. basis. And those cars often don't move. And I've seen them get stickered up. Oh, we'll see. There you go. See, it's not it's not uncommon. But I think that's I think that's like just the cops enforce it because it's by the end of the street, so they see it. Okay. Yeah. All right. Anyway, I say whenever you're ready to lodge a complaint, you do. But you're you really think you should you if you do it, you'd like to like just go over there and knock on the door or see them in the street and say, hey. Yeah, is, I guess, like, is there at any point where well, I'm not going to come off like a pedantic asshole for no, asking No, what you, you do, to... so what you do is you walk at the dog, right? Mm-hmm. And you're walking by their house, and they're out. <laughs> and you say, oh, man, someone really did a number on your car, didn't they? <laughs> yes, they did. Oh, God. How you, how you think you're going to clean that up? <laughs> <laughs> Feels like RoboCop out here. <laughs> <laughs> Feels like. Like a new Detroit out here. It really Jesus. does. Oh, well, all right. All right. Well, that's our show. Our thanks to all of you for listening to Two on Three Pod, where we hope you're staying safe, staying healthy, and keeping your infectious droplets to yourself. If you don't already, please subscribe and a review via your favorite podcast provider, and don't be shy about sharing your thoughts and suggestions for the show. We'll be back next week with more pop culture, life strategies, and existentialism. And until then, peace. peace.